Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning. Thank you very much, Holly. Um, It's great to be here. So I'm going to continue with the series on a summer in the Psalms. Um, And I, before we get into it, I believe it's important that we remember that God's word is full of power. Uh, It's not just words. There's power to, to transform our circumstances and to transform our lives. And so in the Psalms, the Psalms is a prayer book. It's the, the prayer book of the Bible, and it was written in some of um, the best times and some of the worst times in Israel's history. There's Psalms of lament, which is generally saying, my life or the world is not the way that it should be, um, and uh, often expressing deep emotion to God with that. Um, the Psalms of praise, which are... Um, you know, praising God because of his blessing in our lives and because we're, we're seeing who he is and seeing what he's like. Um, and there's psalms of hope, which are foreseeing a future that could be different or that will be different, um, often looking towards the Messiah and the, the time of the Messianic reign. It's also the most read book in the Bible, so we all like it, clearly. Um, it's the most quoted book by Jesus. It's packed full of promises, um, it's a good place to go if you're needing a promise from the Lord. Um, and there's, there's great power in the promises of God to meet us and transform our lives um, and also to transform the, the culture around us. Um, a few years ago, <coughs> I found myself standing on a South African street with sopping wet fingers in a man's ears. Um, And (laughs) that morning I'd read uh, a story where Jesus um, met a deaf and mute guy and I kind of got the story wrong. Jesus actually spat on his tongue and put his fingers in his ears. Um, But I got a bit carried away and just like spat all over my fingers (laughs) and stuck them in this guy's ears because he was deaf. And I'd read that story in the morning, and I was excited because God was going to show up (laughs) and heal this guy's ears. And um, in the story, Jesus said, or something like that, which means be opened. Uh, He was declaring to those ears to open. Um, He didn't say in Jesus' name. We sometimes do say that. Um, But he, he was declaring open. And so I was there with some friends, and um there was a group of guys who were this deaf guy's friends who um, we were hoping would come to a, an open-air crusade that we were having that evening. Um, but when we found that this guy was deaf, we decided, let's, let's go for it. So I'd spit all over my fingers in his ears, poor guy. And his friends, we got them to, to proclaim, be opened in Jesus' name, be opened in Jesus' name. And at first, absolutely nothing happened. Um, But gradually, one by one, one by one, as people, as his friends said, be open to Jesus' name. Um, His his name was Tabor. His ears opened up, and he could hear. And it's an amazing 
thing when you're standing there and you know you've read the Bible and then you, you've seen that thing actually happen in front of you. And I <coughs> say that story one because there's something a bit easier on mission trips, I think, when you're going out praying for people because you've created this culture, and the culture is. God's going to show up. We're going to pray for people. Every person we meet, we're going to pray for. Um, and in my day-to-day -day life, that's not actually my culture. My culture is generally, oh, there's someone. They've got a foot thing. <laughs> Should I pray? I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Um, and it's really important that we can create cultures whereby um, it's normal to uh, believe God, to pray for extraordinary things and maybe even spit all over your fingers and shove them in people's ears. Um, so I say that just, one, to emphasize how important and how, how, how true it is that Scripture has power uh, to transform our lives and bring m miracles, um, but also because I want to emphasize the importance of, of culture. So some are in the Psalms. My Psalm is Psalm 128. J. John D. There is. It's a, it's a beautiful psalm. Um, I'll, I'll read it and then I'll explain a bit about why I chose it. Um, <clears throat> this is the NIV version. No, this isn't. This is the Passion Translation version, yeah. How joyous are those who love the Lord and bow low before God, ready to obey Him. Your reward will be prosperity, happiness well-being. Your wife will bless your heart and home. Your children will bring you joy as they gather around your table. Yes, this is God's generous reward to those who love him. May the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime, and may you be surrounded by your grandchildren. Happiness to you, and happiness to Israel. Um, it's quite a happy psalm, isn't it? Um, and I know, you know, sometimes we worry that, you know, we preach a gospel that's all about uh, blessing, um, but sometimes we are afraid of preaching a gospel about blessing, and so we, we actually don't mention these places which are, are full of God's heart to really abundantly <laughs> love and bless us. And I chose this psalm um, because throughout my whole life I've had this longing for and a thriving internal world. I want to prosper on my inside. Um, I'm hungry for a thriving family that you know is a culture that everyone wants to be in and creates life. Um, I want to thrive in my relationships. I want to thrive in my work life. Um, the NIV version says, um, here it says, your reward will be prosperity. It says you will eat the fruit of your labor and that's something I my whole life I long for to, to work at something that I love and to see it uh, produce and, and for it to, to prosper um, and <coughs> I think that the the picture painted here is one uh, that actually that stands <coughs> in quite a stark contrast to our society and to our our culture um, I don't think that that many people are really thriving on their insights um, or are loving their work and are seeing the fruit of their labors or are thriving at home and have the most wonderful family life. And, um, you know, a culture is a place 
where certain activities, beliefs, um, values, or behaviors are normal. So it makes them quite easy to do. Um, if you have a bad habit um, and you want to break it, you should go to a culture or hang out with people who don't have that bad habit. If you want to build a good habit, the easiest way to do it is just to get around people who it's normal for them. That's what they do. Um, and and it, it, it makes it much easier. A culture is a bit like a um, it's a bit like a strong current that it either just takes you with it or you, 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 you have to press quite hard against it. And um, we have, have a call. Our, our, the original apostles, or the, the, uh, in Rome, the apostles were the sent out ones, the messengers, and, and one of their jobs was to bring the culture of Rome to the um, places that Rome had conquered. Um, and so there was this, this thing that they had to, to, to create a new culture somewhere. Um, and so when, when Jesus calls his disciples and he calls them apostles and he sends them out, there's quite a big emphasis, I think, on that, which is to go and change the cultures, go make the kingdoms of this earth the kingdoms of our God, go and bring the kingdom of heaven and bring it to earth, go and, you know, the... the Go and take what heaven looks like and, and let's create that culture around us and, and on earth. And um, <clears throat> this psalm, I think, it, it's, there's a promise of a, a strong family unit um, where, where you, you, you get to see your grandchildren, even your grandchildren, you get to see them, them thrive. Your... Um, your your spouse is is flourishing in in your house and um, and but in our society the family unit is is getting quite destroyed getting really badly damaged um, forty two percent of marriages end in divorce um, fifty six percent of marriages that end in divorce one partner had an obsessive uh, use of, of pornographic websites. Um, there's massive impact on, uh, on, on children that don't grow up in, in whole homes and um, f families, or, or children who grow up without fathers around um, are much more likely to have severe perception of abandonment, um, to develop attachment issues in relationships, much more likely to experience child abuse, much more likely to um, experience childhood obesity, much more likely to be engaged in the criminal justice system, much more likely to be in gangs, much more likely to have mental health issues, um, much more likely to do poorly at school, mm, four times more likely to um, be in poverty or, or, or homelessness, um, and 10 times, no, not 10 times more likely, but more likely to experience substance abuse. So it's definitely not the case that growing up in a broken home means that that stuff happens, but there's an impact of family falling apart. Um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of factors to that. Um, and, but, but one of the things that was that quite clearly stands out as, as the, a damager of relationships is pornography. Um, 
in 2018, in the United States, 73% of women and 98% of men reported internet porn use in the last six months. Um, and they're, they're be those between the ages of 18 and 35. In the United Kingdom, 41% say that they use pornography every single day. Um, and so that, that's sort of a picture of, of our culture, um, which is, is, and there's lots of other things we can think of in terms of you know, what we should look like and um, how successful we should be. And, um, and it's quite a, a pervasive thing for us to, to move <laughs> to move against. In work life in the UK, 57% of all working days lost to ill health were due to stress and anxiety. 74% of adults have felt so stressed at some point in the last year that they felt overwhelmed or unable to cope. 32% uh, of adults said that they had experienced suicidal feelings as a result of stress. 16% of adults said that they'd self-harmed as a result of stress. Um, and uh, something like 16 million UK adults are suffering from sleepless nights. Um, so it's a different picture. The picture that we're in is a different picture to what it feels like, what it seems God's heart <laughs> for, for us is. And, <clears throat> and th there's promises in, in Scripture that I believe are, 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 theirs for us to, are there for us to lay hold of and to, to bring to earth. And I believe that God has the power to transform our inside worlds so that we can transform the culture around us. And the Bible is packed full of stories of people who transformed culture. Um, and one of the best synopses of, of the stories and the threads throughout the Bible is found in Hebrews 11, uh, where the writer tells us about some awesome people who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength from weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to, to flight. They gained what was promised. Um, uh, they gained what was promised. There are promises throughout Scripture, and these heroes somehow managed to gain them and, and bring them to earth. And, um, and I, I don't think it was easy. When I think of you know, people who are listed in, in Hebrews 11, people like Abraham, I think he's totally nuts. I mean, if you think of being 99 years old, your whole life you've been called exalted father, the Lord says, no, you're going to change your name. Your name's actually father of many nations. You've got about a thousand people who are kind of in your camp and in your life. Can you imagine going to them and being like, guys, I know I'm old, and you've called me exalted father my whole life, and it kind of doesn't really fit with the whole childless thing, but we're changing my name. My new name is father of many nations. <laughs> you know, weird thing, like, what, who is this guy? And I think it's quite easy, I think, when I look at a promise of the Lord that isn't manifesting in my life, <coughs> rather than look at it like Abraham did, which is, there's life in this promise, I'm going to hold on to it. Romans 4 says he was unwavering 
in his belief, even though it was totally counter the, the circumstances. I think often it's so easy to, to, to accuse God or say like, well, you clearly don't love me. You say this is a promise, um, but I'm not seeing it <coughs> in my life. Um, and it's interesting when you look at the people that Hebrews 11 talks about, because they didn't necessarily have the full wealth of scripture that, that we've got. In many cases, well, they either had just oral tradition and were believing God and hearing his voice, God, believing God to speak to us directly. Um, but many of them had the, the Torah or the, the first five books of, of the Old Testament, um, which are <laughs> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. And smack bang in the middle, in Leviticus, uh, there is this extraordinary portion of, of promises where, um, bear with me, it's, it's quite long, but it's, it's amazing. He says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, then I will give you rains in their season so that the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Indeed, your threshing will last for you until grape gathering and grape gathering will last until sowing time. You will thus eat your food to the full and live securely in your land. I shall also grant peace in the land so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. I shall eliminate the harmful beasts from the land and no sword will pass through your land. Next one. But if you chase your en- but you will chase your enemies and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred. A hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. So I will turn towards you and make you fruitful and multiply you. I will confirm my covenant with you. You will eat the old supply and clear out the old because of the new. Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul will not reject you. I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. And I love this, because I look at this, this is what God's saying, you know, if you keep my commandments. So there's a big if here. There's a big if, which is essentially if, you're, if you get it right, and you're righteous. But somehow, these guys, like David, you know, this is, I imagine, this, this is my imagination, but we know that David, when he was looking after the sheep, he would go and chase the wild beasts of the land and grab hold of the lion and grab hold of the bear, and he would, he would kill them. Um, and similarly, when he comes across this you know, enemy army, no matter how mighty they are, he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He runs out to battle confident that he's going to, that he's going to win. Um, and he also seems confident that he can can go into the presence of God and worship because maybe because of this promise, these promises, you know, I will eliminate the harmful beast from the land. Five of you will chase a hundred, a hundred of you will chase 10,000. I will make my dwelling uh, among you. Um, and then David even raised up mighty men who seemed to believe some of this stuff too. Um, one of them was claimed that he killed 800 people in one battle, which is extraordinary. Um, but if a hundred of you can chase 10,000, then that's the kind of thing you should begin to expect to, to, to take place. Um, so they, they believe God, and I think I've often read promises or looked at scripture and, and thought, you know, I, you know I'm, not really, I'm not really qualified for this. Um, 
because um, you know there is that big if. It seems like these promises are for the righteous, for people who are kind of nailing it at life and, and getting it all right. Um, and you know, if we look at this, this scripture here, it says, well, it says, if you uh, walk in my statutes and keep my commandments. And so the big if is essentially if you are f- fulfilling the law. Um, if you're fulfilling the law, then there is this blessing. Um, and if you look through, through scripture, there is this blessing on the righteous. It's like righteousness is some kind of a magnet for the, just the power and the, 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 the movement of, of God. And it seems to be the case that righteousness qualifies you in some way to receive um, blessing and and promises. Um, And if it's down to how well I'm doing, then I'm not in a a very good place because, you know, I if it's all to do with my performance, my righteousness is down to my performance, that's a problem for me. I'm disqualified from the promises of God. But thankfully, in, in Hebrews, it says, by faith, they apprehended these things. In Genesis, it says that um, that uh, Abraham, faith was credited to him as righteousness because he, he believed God. In Corinthians, it says, every promise of God is yes on our men in Christ Jesus. In Romans, it says that through Christ, the law is fulfilled, um, and we become righteous. It says those who receive the abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life as, as kings. Um, there's a name for God in the Old Testament, which is Jehovah Sidkenu, which means our God, our righteousness. It's this, he is our, our, our righteousness. And I, I want to <coughs> labor this point because if we disqualify ourselves from being righteous, actually we're just not believing the primary you know, one of the primary things about the gospel. Um, it, I think <coughs> it used to be that, you know, we could judge by our works how righteous we were. So when we were messing up, um, we were unrighteous. And then those who thought that they were doing well, um, uh, often when we read scriptures like the, the Pharisees or the set-apart ones, thought that they were nailing it by the, the uh, criteria of the law of, of the day. Um, but what Jesus came and did is he raised the bar so unbelievably high um, and his righteousness was so bright and so shiny that he said that, uh, you, know, you know, our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's not even one who's, who's, who's righteous. Um, and so he created this contrast whereby we all needed to recognize that we fell short of the glory of God and there was no way for us to be that shiny righteousness that, that we're called to. Um, but then he came and he died and he rose again and he, he made it available to us. As it says, the righteous will live by faith. He gave us his righteousness and we receive it as a gift. And it's a challenge for us because you know, in, in Romans 9 it says that this is the stumbling stone, that um, these... Uh, that the, the Jews had pursued righteousness but hadn't attained it because they pursued it as if it was through works. But these Gentiles or non-Jews have, have attained it and they've attained it because they pursued it by faith. Um, and he says that the Jews, they, they didn't know the righteousness that came from God so they sought to establish their own and didn't submit to God's righteousness. And I say all of this 
laboring the point to say that you are qualified. We are qualified. We are qualified to apprehend the great promises of God. We are a magnet for them. And we need to believe that we are so that we can, uh, you know, if David could believe that he could apprehend the promises, you know, Jesus says that the, the, the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Like, if he could apprehend them, then us standing fully and wholly in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, there is not a promise that we cannot apprehend. <clears throat> Okay, so <laughs> a recap. Um, so Psalms is a prayer book, and it's packed with promises and prayers, and it was written amongst dark cultures, cultures that could be darker than our culture today. Um, and it was written with anticipation for God to bring breakthrough, to bring answers, to bring promises, and it was a book that Jesus loved using for, for prayer. And he loved using it, and, and, and there were so many promises in it f for him and for his life. Culture. A culture is somewhere where habits become easy, easier to break, easier to pick up. Um, and uh, we're called to transform culture, and we need to start with our internal world, and then we need to make it easy and normal within our influence, within our culture, to believe in God, to see God move in power, to see thriving families and relationships, and to see a thriving community of, 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 of work life too. Promises. We need to apprehend promises in Scripture if we're going to bring God's kingdom. We need to apprehend them. We need to know that we're qualified to apprehend them. Um, and we need to know that Scripture is action-packed full of promise. Uh, that is waiting for us to be like those heroes in Hebrews 11 and, and bring them to earth. Um, so, um, <coughs> because Psalms is a prayer book, um, I would love to, um, I'd love us to, to pray uh, this psalm. So, if the band could come up, that would be really great. Um, and if, if where you are, if you could just stand up. I believe that God wants us, he wants you to have a thriving internal reality. Um, he wants you to create uh, thriving external realities, to create thriving healthy cultures, um, and for us to transform the world around us through um, laying hold of, of his promises. Um, and so <laughs> I've snuck in a bit of Psalm 127 because it comes just before 128 and <laughs> they, they often get paired together so I'm going to pray a bit of Psalm 127 and Psalm 128 and if you could get into your best receiving posture in preparation for the Lord to come and meet you um <clears throat> Lord, we thank you so much um, that you've given us your your word, and that on our on our worst day you made us holy and righteous through the blood of Jesus, and that whatever has gone on in in my life or in my week or in my mind, um, right now I stand qualified by the blood of Jesus to receive everything. Uh, that you have for me, and we, we are qualified, and 
Um, Psalm 127 says, if God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to, to build a house. And Lord, we ask that you will, you will come and you will build and your grace will build, build our insides, make us strong, um, build our church, build our culture, build our community. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. And Lord, we thank you for this city. We thank you for Battersea. We thank you um, that we're here because you've called us here because you have a heart for for this place. Um, And Lord, we ask that you will protect this city, that you'll protect Battersea, that you'll go out on the Doddington estate and, and... we pray and we declare there will be no more murders on the Doddington estate. In Jesus' name. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. God can provide for his lovers even while they sleep. Lord, we, we uh, repent where we believe that our future hope is in is in our, the toil of our hands. Um, and Lord, we invite you to be with us in our, in our work. Show us what excellence is, um, but with a peace and a joy and a righteousness in our minds and in our hearts. Um, where performance doesn't cr- give us identity um, and it doesn't take it away. How joyous are those who love the Lord and bow low before God, ready to obey him. Lord, let us be those that are full of joy. And let let your Father, let that love that you have for Jesus rise up in our hearts, that we may love him like you love him. And Lord, where I am willing to obey myself more than I'm willing to obey, you come and and, and create in me a pure heart that, that longs to obey. Let us be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you, God. Your reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Lord, bless us with inside prosperity. Let our inside worlds flourish. And I bless you here today. If If anxiety or stress or strain or... Um, pornography or any of the things that try to suck us from the inside um, I bless you in Jesus name that that power will be broken it, we break it right now well-being in Jesus name your wife will bless your heart and home your children will bring you joy as they gather around your table Lord, we thank you for family we thank you for strong family units for marriages that stay together that are full of life We thank you for children who walk in your ways. Um, We thank you for for homes that resonate with goodness and joy. Yes, this is God's generous reward to those who love him. Lord, I pray that we will stand uh, always aware of your willingness to bless us and your willingness to, uh, to pour out your spirit on us. May the Lord bless you out of his Zion glory. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem throughout your lifetime. May you be surrounded by your grandchildren. I pray that um, 
<coughs> that our children and our children's children will flourish in your name, Jesus, carrying your spirit. And happiness to you, happiness to Israel. Lord, we ask that, again, that our, our lives, our internal worlds will flourish, um, that you'll create cultures in us that are so strong that we as a community um, can really push out and, and transform the culture around us. Yes, Jesus. Amen. So, <clears throat> as we, we're going to go back into a time of, of worship, and I want, um, there's, God's here, and without God, you know, all our situations are pretty hopeless, but with him, none of them are. And I just want, if anyone has been struggling with stress or anxiety, or been worrying about provision or, or work, or been struggling to sleep, or um, been um, battling with pornography, or has been struggling with relationship issues somewhere in your family, or um, are worried about your children, um, I believe that there's breakthrough in these promises of God to see his kingdom come, and to see his will be done. So as we worship, please feel free to, to come up and to be loved and prayed for. And, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see the, the power of God move in our lives and in our community today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.